0: Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be to you on this 16th Sunday after Pentecost. Amen. Apocalyptic, mass fatality incident, cataclysmic proportions, historic devastation. These phrases and many more like them were about all we heard on the news and from the state these last couple of weeks, but here we are. Praise God. It's a beautiful day. For some, it truly was the apocalypse, and it must be very hard for their families and friends to suffer such loss. So, I'd like to pray for them with you right now. Gracious Lord, it is a beautiful morning here in the valley, but we know that up in the hills and the mountains... Much devastation has occurred and we especially pray for the families and friends of those who have died in the fires all along the Cascades, uh, parts of Washington, down into California. Lord, sustain them, uphold them, give them peace and comfort from your Holy Spirit and the promise of eternal life that you have given all of us. Help them rebuild, restore them and sustain them we pray this in your son's name amen well on a lighter note i'm finding the jokes and memes going around about 2020 being the worst year ever kind of amusing there was one uh, if 2020 was a drink what would it be a colonoscopy prep People are talking about twenty twenty as if we've got to get out of it, just get to the next year as if january first twenty twenty one rolls around and all our problems today will be over. I hardly think that 's going to be the case don't you? yeah, you know, I mean most of our problems and sufferings aren 't sandwiched between the years, you know they stretch over those dividing lines, no doubt twenty twenty will be remembered for many things, but it ain't over yet. It's been a tough time for people of all ages and every generation. Tyler Brant says that it's a particular tough time for people of Generation Z, which are our kids and friends around 23 years old. Now Tyler is 23 himself, and he's an associate editor and writer at one of our nation's think tanks. But How do you get to be in a, in a think tank? Well, you know, I'd, I'd like that job, wouldn't just sit around all day and think? <laughs> Anyways, he believes that being immersed in paranoid concerns undermines one's ability to function and thrive. Well, I guess I would have to agree, wouldn't you? Now, he wanted to better his own mental health, and set out, he set out to research why on earth are things so bad right now? In his research, he came across some great untruths. Now, in the the space of time, I'll just share two of them with you. One, always trust your feelings. And two, life is a battle between good people and evil people. Remember, these are untruths. They're lies. Now, for something to be a great untruth, it has to meet some criteria. A thing is untrue if it contradicts ancient wisdom found in the literature of the many cultures of the world. Hey, that includes the Bible. That's good. (laughs) That's got a lot of wisdom in it. And next time your friend passes along some meme on Facebook or tweets you something or tells you some social philosophy, ask yourself, does what this person just said or shared with me contradict or does it square with ancient wisdom? Biblical wisdom, more importantly. And that's an academic criteria. Another criteria that's more practical is, does it harm people and the communities who embrace it? So, the great lie, always trust your feelings, how does that hold up to ancient wisdom? Well, from a biblical perspective, not very well. The Israelites trusted their feelings... And it got them into big trouble. Many times over. More on that later. Jill and I just finished watching the Netflix series about the Space Shuttle Challenger. The Challenger's last flight, it was called. And you hear some of these NASA leaders say that they had a gut feeling that it was okay to launch that day. Despite the data and some savvy engineers... Who said otherwise? Now, most of us don't have decisions on that scale riding on our shoulders. But we've all damaged relationships, hurt ourselves, or screwed up on the job because we trusted our feelings. But how about this other great untruth? The untruth of us versus them. Could it be that Generation Z has worse mental health because they view life as a battle between good and evil people and there's no one in between? You know, you're either good, like me, or you're evil. Well, I think we can agree with young Tyler Brandt that this problem exists, but I would go further to say these untruths affect not only Generation Z, but Generation Y, my Generation X, the baby boomers, and even the greatest generation because they're still with us. And I've heard some of this fear. Well, I've heard this. I've seen and heard this kind of thing from people of all generations. Tyler's recommendation is to notice your thoughts and free yourself from these distorted thought patterns. Seems like pretty sound advice to me. But I would add some truths from Scripture as well. In fact, I can find three of them just in our reading today from Isaiah, which shows us the love our God has for us despite our many shortcomings, including trusting our feelings and seeing life as a battle between good people and evil ones. Now, I said earlier, <clears throat> the wisdom literature of the ancient world is, the, is one criteria for examining untruths. It was also the case in the ancient world, Israel, and it was no exception, that a woman who was unable to bear children was a great shame. She was considered abandoned. To lose, you know, for a woman to lose her children was a great grief. To lose her husband was even worse. That was a great fear. Because there was no one to take care of her or her children. Isaiah compares the people Israel to a barren woman. That's what he does in chapter 54. Abandoned by God. The people have been captured and taken to Babylon, many hundreds of miles away from their homes, the temple in Jerusalem. Their identity as God's people has been stripped away from them. But God will redeem His people. That's verses 1-5. through In Isaiah 54, From Sarah's barren womb came a child whom God built into a great nation, as many as the stars in the sky. And also, there was a forerunner in that, in that, in that line who was another chosen one of Israel. Another child who would be born to save all mankind. And you know who that child is? The great Sunday school answer Jesus Christ of course and we are part of his growing family the apostle Paul echoes these verses in his letter to the Galatians now you brothers like Isaac are children of promise that's good news then in verses 6-10 through Isaiah uses the picture of the abandoned woman again to show Israel her unfaithfulness to God she's infertile desolate and abandoned she's full of shame Humiliation and disgrace, but coming to heal those hurts is God, her husband, maker, redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the Lord of all the earth and creation. He's the one having mercy. He supplies all her needs then and supplies them now through his suffering servant, dead, buried, resurrected, and now living for you and me. And lastly, verses 11 through 17. I wish I had more time to go through all this imagery here. I mean, there's just so much. It'd be better to do this in a Bible study. Perhaps when we can get back together again, we'll look through Isaiah. Yeah? It'll take us years. <laughs> but God rebuilds His city. Isaiah makes this beautiful transition in these verses from a woman who stands for, this, for, who stands for the city... To a picture of uh, the the, as a woman uh, as adorned a city adorned with jewels and all kinds of uh, precious gems. John would later see this in his revelation and write it down for us, but Isaiah foresees the day when Zion, that is Jerusalem, the people of Israel, the nation, will have no children, no family, and no husband. He He foretells this. Her cities are destroyed. Her cupboards bare and all her hopes vanished. Israel will lack everything. But this sorry state of affairs is not confined to ancient Israel. It's all around us. It's even in us today. Every passing year is marked with fires, disease, violence, hatred, destruction and more tears and trauma. But enter the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, the husband of the church, his people, you and I, and all who put their belief and trust in him. King of kings, he becomes nothing that others might be raised up to glory. The creator hangs on a cross to be spit on and mocked by by his own creatures. The source of truth declared guilty on the basis of untruths. The source of light, for three hours, he hangs in darkness. The source of life, he is crucified, dies, and is buried. But because of the suffering servant's selfless sacrifice, (laughs) Zion will have precious children and priceless city buildings. Her tents, once destroyed, are not only restored, but also expanded. The refugees returning from Babylon have rebuilt a city decked in royal splendor. And this restoration spoken in Isaiah is but a glimpse of what is to come when God's greatest act of restoration comes in His Son, Jesus Christ. And because Jesus has been raised from the grave and lives, His Holy Spirit gives you and me in word and in this meal we're about to have together rich blessings of forgiveness of sin. Total pardon and peace, along with restoration for the soul, for generations, Z, Y, X, boomers, greatest, and all generations to come. May our Heavenly Father always remind you and show you His steadfast love. May He make faith in you grow, especially when we face hard times such as in 2020. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.